Hey guys, Ben Page here, and this is the Digital Growth Podcast, where we talk about business growth with digital marketing. I want you to connect with me on LinkedIn, linkedin.com forward slash in forward slash get Benjamin Page. Send me your questions and comments, and I'll be happy to address them on the show. Let's jump in. I've been thinking a lot lately about marketing for small, local, independently owned businesses, and uh, it's something I'm passionate about. And so I thought today would be really fun if we focused on pizza parlors. And um, there's kind of an interesting dynamic in my town. I live in the suburbs outside of a large metro area, and um, obviously we have our chain pizza restaurants, but we also have a very healthy, independent pizza shop scene. There are probably four to eight independently owned um, pizza joints, and I would say two to three are contenders for the top spot. And as I kind of, you know, obviously eat there at all these different places, um, but also study how they are marketing themselves and how it's playing out in places like Google search results, And on Facebook, there are a lot of opportunities that I think could catapult one of them to the top spot in our area. And that, my friends, is what I want to share with you today because I genuinely believe if you implement even some of these recommendations, you can add tens of thousands of dollars in revenue for your pizza restaurant over the next few months to a year. So this isn't going to be exhaustive because when I was preparing for this episode, I came up with a list of about 14 to 15 different things, and even that isn't the full list. Um, I'm going to keep it pretty short to about five or six items. And if you have questions, reach out to me on LinkedIn, and I will answer them for you. Um, So I think what's most important first is that you have some self-awareness around the type of venue you are and who you aspire to be. So by that I mean... Are you carry-out only? Are you dine-in? Do you do both? Are you a buffet? Are you a small shop with little seating room inside? Are you a pub that happens to serve pizza that's gotten kind of a reputation for itself? Are you a standalone pizza parlor? Are you inside of an Italian restaurant? I ate at one of those recently and had uh, a pretty fun experience where they physically divided their restaurant in half. Um, Half was the Italian restaurant, half was uh, pizza and carry-out area. Um, So first, have some self-awareness because I think that will, in part, define what clientele you're attracting and what the game plan is going to look like for you. But for the purposes here, I'm going to assume that you can do both dine-in and carry-out. All right, let's talk for a minute about delivery services. And this is not an area I have experience with from the business side, uh, configuring and choosing uh, one of the delivery services. However, from the consumer side, I have extensive experience. And in my area, there are three main players in the space. We have DoorDash, Grubhub, and Uber Eats. Of course, there are more. There's the long tail. Um, But I think what's interesting is a few things. One, 
um, visibility, right? Just visibility. So if you can support it, um, consider being on all three because I do believe there are audiences that only live on one and not all. Um, secondly, delivery fee. This is something that irks me um, because there's such variability. Anything from no fee to $5.99 is pretty common from what I've seen. And in particular, I find that the restaurants that are newer onto these platforms tend to launch with higher delivery fees. Now, I think if you are in that number one spot, you can possibly justify it. But I will say from a from a consumer behavior standpoint, it really irks me when, you know, I'm willing to throw down some money on a good pie but when you hit me with the 599 delivery fee and your competitor who is ranked just below you or real close or neck and neck and their delivery fee is less i'm probably going that route i'm sorry um <laughs> unless i have a real craving for your pizza you know and I, I don't know if it's just because the way that these are structured or some of the controversy around how drivers are getting paid. I mean, part of me, I know this is nostalgic and it probably doesn't work at scale as well anymore. You know, it's been delivery driving has been disrupted, but part of me wishes some of these local um, pizza restaurants <clears throat> would just come out with better like management or find a way to scale their own delivery so that I could ensure my, um, my tips are going right to the driver's. Does that make sense? Because I don't mind paying higher dollar amounts for great pizza, but my preference would be that it goes back to the restaurant and, uh, and to their employees. So, uh, you know, versus service fees and so on. But I guess to get to the point here, do some research, have some awareness, like sign up for every food delivery platform that you're aware of that's important in your area. Um, because I know in, in different geographies, you know, this will change, obviously. Um, sign up for them. Understand who's on there. Try and get a sense for how much activity is on the platform. And then um, kind of choose where you want to stake your claim. And really be thoughtful about your delivery fees. Because I think even a $1 differential in delivery fee could be the clutch winner for you getting more orders. And in the beginning, you might really need that um and honestly later like it might just be a strategy to increase your product price once you get some street cred uh and have a lower delivery price because again consumers um this is a broad generalization but with things like amazon prime i think there's going to be a lot more friction involved in charging higher delivery fees <laughs> Next, I'm going to share with you an opinion I have that Google reviews are ridiculously underrated for small, local, independently owned businesses. And I know many of you are using them right now extensively, like even going back to my local example, these pizza shops in my town, some of them have over 400 Google reviews, which is fantastic. The problem is a couple of them have over 400 reviews with very similar star ratings and doing Google reviews and, and, um, cultivating them well, like having a good process for elevating, um, high reviews and, and addressing low reviews that 
is a practice that really is going to make the rich get richer when it comes to reviews. But listen, here's why it's so important to have Google reviews and to constantly be trying to get even a 0.1 increment on your rating. The reason is local search results, guys. And the Google SERP for local-based queries, that's going to be one of your number one ways to gain visibility for people that are searching for either restaurants in your area or specifically and more importantly for pizza. And obviously that plays out in Google search results. It plays out in Google maps. So there are huge implications. I think it's only going to continue to, to grow in importance and obviously it's, it's competitive, but you need to be thinking about this. And if you have not already claimed your Google, my business profile, hit pause right now and go claim it. You just need to do it. You can do things now like sharing content and offers right through there. And um, it's just critical to give your customer base a good sense for, you know, kind of the FAQ info, address, phone, hours of operation. And I I really like, too, this is going to be another point, um, generating user-generated content, or UGC, as we call it, in the marketing world. Um, In other words... You want to collect more testimonials, reviews, and photos from your establishment to fill out your Google My Business profile. And if possible, here's another interesting angle on this. If possible, try and attract some people that are known as Google Local Guides, just people that have been really active in rating and reviewing things in your area. Try and attract them to your business because a good review from them may have disproportionate rate Uh, weight rather on your rankings and that's important all right now i'm going to talk to you about paid search which is a core part of my background and something i'm still really passionate about especially here for pizza restaurants because here's a funny anecdote that is going on in my town. So like I mentioned, I've got those handful of independent pizza shops that are local to me, you know, within say a five mile radius. Um, And if I go on Google Maps and type pizza and I sort by even top rated, um, there's a really interesting dynamic playing out. Guess what happened? One of the chain restaurants is bidding on the word pizza. And even though they have a 3.2 rating, they're showing in first position here in the Google Maps spot um, because it's a promoted position over the small independent pizza parlor with 4.4 and over 400 reviews. Do you realize how crazy that is? I mean, I get it that people are going to scroll through the carousel, but imagine if you were buried even one, two, three, four more spots to the right here, and I'm speaking about using my Google Maps app on my Android phone. Um, My point is, you have to be on paid search for local, and it's not likely going to cost as much as you suspect because you're going to geobox it to only the addressable geography where you can make deliveries or where you want to pull customer base from. But I'm really thinking that... You know, in some of these towns where maybe there's only one pizza parlor, 
great, then you have kind of run of the market there and you should definitely do this to increase your visibility. But even if there are only a few, um, it could be a great offense strategy. And in competitive markets like mine, where I've got, you know, the four to eight independents plus chain restaurants and all kinds of stuff going on, um, you know, it's a vibrant scene. I think this is just a defensive play so that you don't get boxed out by one of the big chains. You know, if you just bid on pizza or if you bid on pizza plus city name, uh, and so on and so forth, and that's going to help ensure that you're getting the visibility that you need to be competitive. There's a whole art and science to doing this, but you know, if you wanted to kind of do the research for yourself, you could sign up for a Google ads account and go into their keyword planner. And honestly, just type in pizza and change the location to your town, you know, and, and possibly the surrounding towns. And you're going to if you, if you start on that basis, you're going to get a ton of recommended other keywords that you can add to your plan. And then you can figure out how to bid on them pretty easily. Um, but what's important, in order for your search ads to show in the Google Maps results, you need to have location extensions enabled. And in order to enable location extensions, you need to have claimed your Google My Business profile. And that's why that last point is super important uh, because they're all interdependent. But once you do that, um, then your ads will begin to automatically show within the Google Maps results. So let's say you're doing all this. You are working on your reviews. You have some paid search going for local-based keywords and organically, you show up pretty well in the search results. The next area to kind of conquest from a marketing perspective is you need to put out content. You need to put out content that's going to interest people in coming to your pizza restaurant. And, um, you know, there are a few things here. I mean, A, you know, what do you produce? Obviously, this is the fun part and the strategy. Um, but I think you could start with, if you have no other ideas whatsoever, you could literally start with filming short videos of your team making pizzas. As crazy as that sounds. Or you could, um, you know, answer FAQs or talk through the ingredients or how you think about pizza or why you think people should eat at your pizza joint. I think those are all pretty interesting little behind-the-scenes clips that you know, would be fun for your user base to see. Um, but I think here's another idea for you. Have a rotating special pizza. Why? Because that's going to give you something new to talk about every single week. Um, another thing I mentioned UGC earlier, user-generated content. Um, design a method that would encourage people who eat at your restaurant to submit photos of them eating your pizza, whether it's them dining in in the shop or them at home around the dinner table or them on the football field with the local high school football team. I think it's very underrated and that's something that you can repurpose later on if you do this well. So once you have some ideas and, and you just start executing here on producing content, I think the second half of this is where do you distribute the content that you produce? Well, to answer that, you know, there are a few things that come to mind, but most importantly is you want to be where your user's attention is. And right now there's quite a fragmentation across social platforms, but let's just talk. So one, you can put on your website, which I think is fine, but it might be 
more strategic to keep your website really clean and just have your kind of your menu and some some key facts on there. So if that's true, um, where'd you put it? You know, you could go on to Instagram stories would make a lot of sense right now. Facebook could still make sense right now. And um, I think those two and possibly repurposing on your blog, I, I think those would probably be some of the top spots that I would look to, but you need to really be thoughtful about where your users are locally. Um, and, and to this end too, um, whether it's for UGC or thinking about where to distribute your content, I mean, you could try some like local-based things like Facebook groups if you can get into them. So like in my neighborhood, we have a Facebook group for all the homeowners. I think that's compelling, um, especially if you have an offer, or you have some value you can bring to that audience. Um, you can also look into something like Nextdoor to do the same. Um, there's no shortage of opportunity. And um, the particular platforms are changing all the time. I think what's most important is try different things, produce the content, get over yourself. It doesn't have to be professionally produced. Pull out your phone, make some cool videos, and publish them consistently. Lastly for today, I want to talk to you about something you can do to encourage retention. And if you're a business owner, you know that retaining and increasing the lifetime value of your customer base is the number one thing you can do for the health of your business. All of your marketing is essentially funded by your best customers. So what I'm recommending is that you incorporate a loyalty-based rewards program. And you can choose how it's structured, obviously. But I think what's important is you take advantage of one of the low-cost technology platforms that will enable you to get your rewards program on an SMS platform. There are a number of reasons for this, um, but the number one advantage of doing it over text instead of something like, say, a punch card is that you're opening up a channel of communication with your customers and you need to protect that. You need to protect the trust of your customer. So don't spam them. Don't send them useless stuff. But if you're sending either A, valuable content or B, valuable offers, I think there's a compelling case to be made here. Um, and even if Let's just take the minimum viable scenario here. You migrate your rewards program itself to a text-based platform so that you can easily track and um, you know, give rewards points. For instance, there's a huge convenience value add for your customer there, so they don't have to carry around physical cards or remember them. It's just there, and when they show up to your restaurant, they enter their number, and they're good to go. Um, I think there's a cool thing though, like here's, here's an interesting concept you might consider trying. Um, it's predicated on you mapping out the different types of customers you have and the different use cases you have, right? You're going to have some customers that are once in a while customers. You're going to have your regulars, you're going to have groups, you're going to have individuals and so on. But let's just say you have a family or you want to encourage repeat business from families. You could set up a rewards type program that's something like a I want to say the model is like subscribe and save you know but something along those lines where you can say you know come back once a week and get five dollars off your order you know every time something that's going to encourage the repeat business um, so just be thinking about that I mean obviously step one is 
have a rewards program that works for your business. And step two is enable it with technology that makes it faster, more convenient, um, easier to maintain. And that actually drives results, um, which can be measured through the retention and growth of your customer base.